0: free from the top of your head. You're listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. All right, so we are very excited for tonight's uh, episode for this recording specifically because uh, we are fixing an issue that Cat Ray and I have talked about for a while now. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's just it's we're we're not good people sometimes, but tonight <laughs> we're finally gonna try and be good people. Because we are finally having our good friend Book Monroe on the show to talk to us about his music and all sorts of other awesome soundtrack stuff. so Brooke, welcome and thank you for joining us tonight, man.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I I was deeply hurt and you must have gotten my uh, several (laughs) emails that I (laughs) forwarded over to you over the last 18 months and I'm glad you were able to use your customer service experience to make this (laughs) work. Thank you.
2: We're oh, happy to my, have you
0: on. I, I guess my secretary didn't didn't get me give me that stuff. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't have a secretary. Don't don't yeah. tell. Yeah.
1: Go into a dead email. Well, I, I but in all, all seriousness, I am thrilled to chat with you guys because we've had great chats in the past, and um, you know, any time that we get to kind of hang out is always a treat.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, likewise, man, we feel the same way. Uh, yep. For those of you that. M- uh, might not know, you probably will at this point, but uh, Brooke composed our Force Fan theme. Uh, he did. What was it, two years ago? So, was back when Solo was the new thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And we, we took the plunge into having our own theme music created for the Force Fan podcast. And that was a lot of fun to work with you and hear the samples and kind of get to pick like, oh, I really like this or oh, I don't quite like that as much. Um, and I think the the end piece was Really fantastic. Um, I still love it even today.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I I listened to that uh, maybe about two weeks ago, and thought, God, what a lot of fun that was! It, yeah, you know the you know, and that was the I think that was the prompt. It was it was you know, let's make this just kind of fun and adventurous, and you mm-hmm. know something that that really sparked. Um. You know, the, the joyous aspect of Star Wars, and especially at a time where I mean, we were coming right out of uh, The Last Jedi, which was, you know, a, a really divisive time. Um, and I think <laughs> this was just kind of like one of those like, oh, we're not going there. You know, we're, we're, we're staying positive here. So uh, I think yeah, the yeah, movie, yeah. music was a good representation of that.
0: Not for sure. It was a fantastic piece of music. It still is. And. We, we are eternally uh, grateful for your contribution to us that, that way, man. Yes. Very, very cool stuff. So, uh, Brooke here is, uh, as you've probably gathered by now, a uh, master music composer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brooke, can you maybe just introduce yourself a bit for to us and tell us how you got into music and scoring in the first place?
1: Yeah. Um, so, I am a um, uh, composer of... Um, essentially music for, uh, short films, uh, feature film podcasts. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's a, a whole stretch of mediums that I've been able to explore, uh, video game trailers, things like that. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been writing music for these, um, mediums for the past, let's say four years. Uh, prior to that, I played in, in bands um for you know since i was about 14 years old so that i'm looking at uh 20 years ago played guitar sang um played in multiple bands whether it was uh rock and roll indie punk rock hardcore uh, a lot of really loud guitars things like that and then um you know when when the the time was kind of came where i decided uh you know, I didn't really want to do the band thing anymore. I took some time off of music and really fell in love with uh, watching films and studying films. I mean, growing up, that's all I did. But um, I, I actually had finally had some time to really dive deep into the production of how films are made and everything that went along with that. And I just thought, gosh, you know, this is an incredible thing to do. I want to be a part of this. And uh, there was nothing that I couldn't be a writer. I couldn't be um, uh, an actor, um, you know. And and so ultimately what I found out was, hey, you know, I could write music like John Williams.
3: Um. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which I, I still can't and never will. But I mean, I mean, um, I
0: mean no, you, you can. I mean, we, we just sung praises for... <laughs> For your force fan theme. And and I've listened to some of your uh, other projects too. Um, Thank you. Here and there. And I mean, dude, you do good stuff. Thank you. You do really, really good stuff. I, I love the sounds you, you create.
1: Thank you. And, the, and, and that's what it was. It was kind of like untapping a whole new world of storytelling. And I think that's ultimately what we are as composers are. We are storytellers. We are, um, you know, part of the storytelling team when you are especially with uh, narratives or as well as documentaries where you are providing something that can lean into the emotions of the the film or you know juxtapose them um, mm-hmm. you know try and sometimes you need to be at the forefront sometimes you need to be existent but not existent at the same time that's <laughs> oftentimes the hardest music to write is to say hey you know like you need to have the sound and this emotion but the audience can't hear it like you know it needs to be audible but they can't notice it and, and mm. you know so you're, you're tasked with all of these things and, and I just thought it was so um, so interesting and so new to me and I had no idea that this was something that people really did I mean I knew John Williams and Hans Zimmer and Danny Elfman did it but mm. I didn't realize that I could do it and I just decided May as well let's let's see what I can do. And it just kind of unfolded from there.
3: Cool.
2: Were you, did you go to school to study music composition or did you teach yourself?
1: I am I would say ninety eight percent self taught. Wow. So that, excellent.
0: That's the best kind of creative right there. The DIY just let's let's get our hands dirty and figure this out, type of creative. I and,
1: think. It, that stems definitely from the punk rock mentality that I had even just growing up of (laughs) learning how to play guitar and learning how to sing. Um, I didn't take my first guitar lessons. I took guitar lessons for about six months after six years of playing. Um, And, you know, and and it was actually really informative, but I don't know if it was necessarily vital. I still use what I've learned, um, you know, from those lessons even today, but Mm -hmm. I think there was just always this intrigue to seeing, can I, can I just do this, you know, with, you know, and lessons just seem so boring and so dry. Um, And I, I would rather just hang out with my friends um, more than anything and, (laughs) and try to, I think we all try to like one up each other. And I think that's how we got better and listen, listen to a lot of music and try to learn how to play that music. Um, you, you learn a lot that way too. And so uh, even when I transitioned to composing, that was really intimidating at first because you're know, writing songs and writing film scores, while there's a lot of connective tissue there, it's a whole different mindset mm-hmm. um, just in terms of the composition of the music, the orchestration, the arrangement of the music, the tone of the music, um, and the relationship of... What your role is as the creator of the music in a band? You're writing music for, um, you know, at least in the type of bands that I played in is very democratic. Everyone kind of chipped in. Some people more than others, but we all kind of had to agree that we liked the song. It wasn't like, oh, I just come in play that you know I write the song and everyone has to play the parts. We all really decided collectively that this is the the best sound for the song and. Um, you know, you also want to sound like a certain, you know, a certain style, a certain vibe and, you know, as much as the world is your oyster, it really isn't, you are kind of defined by <laughs> your limitations of what you set for your own band and, and you all have to kind of grow together, uh, and shift together and morph together. And that can be really challenging. So what's different about film scoring and working with a director is that. You know, the music I'm writing is not for me. Whereas in a band, it largely is for me and for my band. But it, it's a, definitely a more selfish venture, which is not to say it's right or or wrong. But when you're writing music for for a medium like film or a podcast or a trailer, you know you're you're being hired to create and to provide a service ultimately for someone else and for someone else's vision. Not unlike, you know, a painter going to paint someone's house. Everyone's gonna have a different style of how they do it. Um, you know, and maybe that's not a great comparison, but the idea <laughs> is that um, the idea is that we are there to give the best product that we can using our artistic voice and doing it. And so I think once we recognize that, hey, you know, our role is not to write the best music that we think is best ourselves, but writing the best music for that film or that story mm-hmm. per the direction of the director and maybe the producers, that is really where the limitations come in, but also the I think a lot of the creative aspects come in mm-hmm. as well.
2: So how do you like when when you take a job to score something say it's a short film um how do you how do you even go about like starting to score something and kind of do the directors and producers give you notes or how how does that how does that work
1: so there's a there's a few different ways that this can happen i think the most the most popular or i would say the most regular um way this will come about is you know a film will get go through pre-production it'll go through production through photography and they'll shoot the film and then it'll go through the um the editing phase um they'll cut the film they'll put it together and at any point in this the composer can be brought on they can be brought on during pre-production they can be brought on during production they can be brought on you know towards the end when they're still editing the film and um more often than not the composer is gonna usually start once there is some sort of cut to the film now how far along that cut is can differ you know immensely um you know it could be a rough cut and you know the the director and producers are going to want to start writing music to it, but you know, they're continuing to cut. So as the music or as the, the film gets cut and edited and reshaped, the music has to as well. So, um, a lot of times, you know, one of the best, I think for me and for a lot of, you know, composers I know, I think that the ideal one, one ideal situation is, you know, we don't start beginning to score until, um, the f- there's a, a close to final cut if not a final cut to the film to which we can start writing the music to. so that way once we're getting in there we don't have to worry about oh they're shifting you're, they're going to cut three minutes out of this part or three seconds out of this part and you know now you have to shift everything around um and ultimately that's going to happen you know um so you you have to be willing to and you're, you're going into it knowing you're gonna have to make these changes Another way of doing things is, uh, you know, someone like Christopher Nolan, who um, is notorious for bringing in his composers. Whether it's um, you know Hans Zimmer or more uh, recently Ludwig Goransson in Tenant, where he brings the composer in during the script phase before they even start shooting, and they start creating demos based mm. off of the conversation. composer has with the director and the director is literally just telling them the story and what their inspirations are and what they kind of envision Mm. for the story and essentially the composer will then uh, demo music you know a lot of it to no picture just to what they've heard from the director and maybe by reading the script and taking whatever inspirations they've been given and then they'll um you know say christopher nolan will then take that music find the best bits that he likes and then he'll start making his film and he'll be listening to that music they'll play that music on set um while they're while they're uh, filming and they'll they'll um start cutting them the film they'll start editing it to just the demos and then a lot of times some of those demos just end up getting reshaped a little bit so they become part of the actual score wow. um and so that's a really immersive project uh, process to go through most projects that i work on you know there's not a large enough budget to do that because it does <laughs> <laughs> it's it, 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 it's in a much more involved process you're essentially you know doing potentially more work or at least more time yeah. on the project um and, and I think, you know, at the, the, the types of films that I, I have had the opportunity to, do, to work on, um, I've, I have been able to talk about the score during the script phase, but never has it been um, really either necessary or in the cards to say, hey, you know what, we're going to need music to be written before we, we start it. Um, but as soon as, as soon as those projects come up, and I think more and more, creators are starting to do that um interesting it's it's a different it's a different process and i think you could probably not to say you get better or or worse results but just differing results in in your filmmaking process i think uh, there's a lot of curiosity in doing it that way so i will welcome it with open arms as that comes um my direction
0: (laughs) you know um as you were talking about Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan, uh, one of my absolute favorite uh, Hollywood production stories is, uh, is how uh, uh, Christopher Nolan pitched uh, the story of Interstellar to Hans Zimmer. But he completely, completely left out the the space aspect of it, the sci-fi aspect. (laughs) And he just told him, this is a story of a daughter and his father, their relationship and the trials they go through. And, Zimmer created the what well, would end up being the interstellar, you know, the main theme mm-hmm. um, just based on that. Then after the fact, oh, yeah, so this is going to be in space, too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and so I think,
1: I, th- I think that kind of deception is is really um, important to note, because at, at the core, the music is being written about the story and, and being in space has while there's certain aspects that I think would be considered to be important, it's, it's less integral than the core of what that relationship and the dichotomy of that relationship meant to the story. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that was a large part of why he kept that out Mm. for Zimmer to, to use. And I think probably just more out of curiosity, what is, what does this sound like at its purest, most, you know, um, distilled, version of that story um and without bringing in because once you bring in space you know we all have our uh, preconceptions of what <laughs> yeah. space means you know yeah. there, there's a f- there's a few notable flavors of what space can be and i think that's probably a, a great way you know to to approach it it's kind of like when um you know Irvin kershner and george lucas were you know doing uh, empire strikes back and you know the uh, no, I am your father. scene you know, that's not what David Prowse was saying, right? To, right. Uh, uh, under under the the helmet and to to Mark Hamill, it was you know Obi Wan killed your father, and he has to react. But um, you know, to have that just e- even then, I mean, it, it, I think it, it was probably even even more of a shock later on for these characters to just be like, oh my gosh, like. You know, let's. I think the I think they did that specifically to get the type of performance that they wanted to get, um, without giving too much away on top of you know spoilers and all that. But um, (laughs) there's you know there's 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 reasons why creators do certain things, um, Mm -hmm. and that that has to be respected. Whether the results of those decisions are good or bad, it's definitely still worth trusting those creatives to 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 kind of play around and. Be a little deceiving at times.
0: (laughs) So, in in Understellar's case, I mean, it's not my favorite Nolan movie, but I think is it is one of Hans Zimmer's, you know, best scores. It's a beautiful, beautiful soundtrack. Um, and yeah, it's it's I think it's mostly in part because he's scoring to the heart of the movie, the theme of the movie, not necessarily the uh the big bombastic space uh, aspect of it. So yeah, totally, totally love. Love that. Uh, Let's dial it back a bit here. Uh, You just brought up the Luke. I'm your father moment. And, you know, that's a very specific moment in movie history with some very iconic music along with it, too. That's an iconic soundtrack. Uh, Was there a specific movie or score for you or just a moment musically in a movie that just sealed the deal for you as far as I want to do this?
1: Um, I would say the answer is n- not particularly. Um, I got into, I would say Star Wars has a a huge role. I mean, uh, probably 95% of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because of Star Wars. <laughs> so I don't think there was a particular moment per se, but you know, since I, when I got into Star Wars was in 1995, I was nine years old and my mom had, had bought the remastered um thx um versions of <laughs> Brooke the- and i are
2: like the same person that's like the same <laughs> time that i got not the same yeah. not really but you know it's like the same the same yeah. time frame
1: <laughs> that, that that version that remastered version right before is the the version of, of the original trilogy before the um, special editions came out um my mom came back i think from Costco, and, and I, had, I had seen return of the jedi when I was younger uh, I have vivid memories of seeing the Ewoks I, I didn't know much about it they kind, of, kind of scared me but uh, <laughs> me too bro but me then, too. but I was familiar with Star Wars I just had never seen it in full and and just watching it it just changed my life uh and I think every Star Wars fan can can say that and and have their own experience and and you know that music lived with me and even and I think I don't I don't think I realized how much I loved the music until the prequels came out um, because there were so many new themes while still uh, existing themes kind of all intertwined. And at the time, I I mean, I'm, I'm a huge prequel admirer. I, uh, I really respect him. I had, I had many years of, of loathing them and, and being one of many who, you know, gave them, gave George Lucas a bunch of crap, but (laughs) (laughs) um but the music always stood out as the as as kind of the the base the structure the you know what kept everything together and um you know i think when i was ready to get into to filmmaking i was also listening to a lot of um a lot of star wars music by john williams and i actually there was this like probably two week time period between before between the time where i finished being in a band and started film scoring where i decided i wanted to learn how how uh learn all the parts of like star wars themes you know whether it was yoda's theme or uh or uh you know the force theme and and learn how to play them on guitar. And I thought, gosh, you know, it'd be cool to get all my other Star Wars nerdy friends who play instruments and we'll start a band and we cover songs <laughs> and just playing all the orchestrations, but but on but on guitar and bass and drums and keyboard and stuff like this. And then I started thinking to myself, I, I mean, I started learning a few, a few songs that way, just on guitar, learning the riffs. Thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to start another band and <laughs> um you know i i think i was at a time where you know being in a band wasn't really in the cards for me and so it's like well why am i going to be trying to start another band when i don't feel like uh, i'm in a good place to be in a band and but what i was like you know i've i've got i've got my computer i've got i've had an old you know um macbook and probably, oh i've got garage band on here just a free um recording software and i started just writing music and I started writing like little bits of music that kind of had this like Star Wars meets uh, Danny Elfman's uh, you know music meets a little bit of Hans Zimmer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, cool. You know, That's I, 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 I That's a good fa- musical smoothie. <laughs> I found, I'll, I'll I'll send this to you on the side later. You'll get a kick out of the stuff. it, it is, at, and at the time I think God, this is kind of cool, and and it just you know the samples are just so bad and the <laughs> instruments are just so bad. But, but when I was listening to it the other day, the ambition was there. The, like I can tell I was hungry for it and that I wanted to learn. I just <laughs> didn't have the toolkit. I didn't have the, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the right tools and I didn't know, um, you know, uh, and I'm still learning. We're learning, you know, as musicians, we're always learning and progressing, but I just didn't have the, the musical knowledge. Um, to kind of flesh out what was in my head and so that that was um, really where I was getting curious and I think the most important thing for me and I'll speak for anybody who is in the position of being married um, with kids and getting (laughs) into this which is not you know everyone gets into into this uh, profession at different times in their life Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was already married with with one child uh when i decided to start film scoring but it was my wife actually who who had a kind of hard conversation with me about film scoring and she said you know i know you've been spending oh, wow. a lot a lot of time on this and you know i wasn't making money i wasn't i had never scored to picture before i was just writing compositions that sounded or trying to sound orchestral and whimsical and stuff um and she said you know i i can tell you really want to do this and i said yeah and i thought she was gonna kind of shut it down saying well you're spending too much time forget it you know this is <laughs> this is it say goodbye <laughs> and and she didn't she said you know i i i believe in you i think if this is something that you want to do you should do it for real and i was <laughs> <it's> just like <laughs> really like like yeah i mean just you know don't forget about your family but you know i think if you're serious about it do what you need to do to make it happen and still have a a nice balance of work and and family life and that's that that was the moment that was the moment that i decided to become a a film composer and i think that's the moment where i said okay this is this is real i can I I don't have to worry about, about, you know, how this affects my family Um, or if they support me, they support me. I just have to hold up my end of the bargain and, and, you know, support them.
0: Dude, I got to tell you what a wonderful, wonderful story. It's not a specific (laughs) movie or soundtrack. No, it's your relationship with your family and your, and your wife that did it. That is so cool. That just adds this extra layer to it of (laughs) to the passion of it. That is so cool. That made me happy.
1: Thank you. And and yeah, it's you know my my wife is is my uh, you know my teammate, and so we we have to you know we support each other in all of these things that we do uh, in this game called life. And so it's it's you know it's it's incredibly. Uh, humbling to know that people believe in you um, and respect you and and even as I've gotten into scoring feature films and um, short films and, and podcasts that people believe in me enough and entrust in me enough to work on their projects um, it's a it's a scary thing every project I work on there's kind of that oh crap moment like can I do this and even though I'm probably a better content creator for this project than I was the project before and the project before that and the project before that there's always um and and I'm not ashamed of it but there's always that like oh crud like can is this something I'm capable of doing am mm-hmm. I going to just you know am I gonna mm-hmm. screw the pooch on this or or am I gonna <laughs> deliver and you <laughs> and and then after after settling down and saying, like, okay now it's time to get to work you, you know you 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 allow yourself enough time to to freak out about it, and then you shut it down and say, "Okay, there's no now." There, as soon as you start, there's no time to second guess. Now it's all about instinct and just trusting your gut, right. trusting trusting mm-hmm. the process, and working your butt off to deliver what it was that you promised to deliver, <laughs> even though you don't know what it sounds like yet.
0: <laughs> you know, I I I am of the mentality that all the best creatives or even not even the best, just a creative in general, they need a little bit of that fear whenever they're working on something. Otherwise <laughs> Some <pressure. laughs> you stagnate and you just lose uh you just lose the creativity aspect of being creative. I think if you're just not you going to challenge yourself that way anymore.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a, compo- there's a composer um, uh, by the name of Trevor Morris and he's, he's worked on a lot of really great stuff and he's got a YouTube channel that he's brought out during the pandemic inspiring stuff master class kind of stuff um for people that are you know either starting out as composers or people that have been doing it for a long time but one thing that he said was you know uh, referring to how you know some will say oh you know an artist will say the the art is never done and he's kind of like no you know the art is done when you have a deadline <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> that is so that's so true man. It, and it's true it's oh, like you know funny. it's only as per, it's only as you have to make it as perfect as it can be within the confines of your limitations that mm-hmm. have been set before you um, that is as perfect as you can get it is not something where it's like well if I only I had 20 more minutes or 20 more days or 20 more months to work on this um, because at a certain point it does it doesn't necessarily get better you know, either you either you've you've hit your mark or you didn't. Sure, maybe there's a couple things you could have flourishes that you could have done a little bit differently. That doesn't matter. It's it's all about the essence of of mm-hmm. of what you're doing for your story.
0: Uh, just just site here, a little curious. Uh, does your wife have a musical background?
1: No, 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 not not. not I mean, she loves music. Uh, Dolly Parton, Backstreet Boys. She's really into Hamilton. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, she does okay. not listen she does not listen to any boring music with no words though. Oh. Oh.
2: Oh. oh that makes me a little sad. She, <laughs> <laughs> it's not boring. It's emotional. But anyway. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> um
2: I mean, I grew up in a household where we listened to classical music all the time, so and you know i don't know that's just like ingrained in me um right so <laughs>
1: when we're, we're we're a product of our our environment so um, well,
2: well i well, Kat, had so uh,
1: you uh, hmm. sorry uh we're, we're
0: band geeks remember Kat? so we we grew we up are, in that very yes
2: yeah <laughs> yeah i'm i'm a huge band geek i mean i've Played the flute and then later piccolo since I was nine years old. So clarinet and ten,
0: saxophone. Yeah, mm. ten years mm.
2: old. So, I mean, it was, at one point, it was my dream to play for the London Symphony Orchestra and be conducted by John Williams. That's like my... <laughs> Wow. Like, if I had, if I could have done something else in my life, that's what I would have done. I would but, say it's
1: um, never too late, but yeah, running out of time.
2: Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, yes. No, I mean, yeah, both Adrian and I are, are huge, huge band geeks, and I think, you know, have a kind of ingrained love of music, um, so...
0: You know, in a, in high school, I was part of a ska band, uh, and before that, a weird I, – I, I think it was a punk band, too. I, I, we were, like, a <laughs> mix of genres. But uh, it, it's awesome. You're talking about, you know, not having the best equipment, and we had access to a laptop with a garage band on it, and, you know, we just tried our best with that. <laughs> I got to tell gotta you, I was somewhere. a band geek. Yeah, I was a band geek. I was in the music scene to an extent. I was not good at all. I just – I, I – I would be in awe of watching uh, my best friend Flip, who's a musical genius, too, just, you know, come up with these ideas. Our friend Mark, uh, who played trombone, too, the way he could just uh, transpose things real quickly right off the top of his head. It was mind boggling. And it's humbling just to an extent, just watching these people just do their thing, knowing that it's coming from a place of creativity, passion, and just, you know, general smarts. Like you are smart people.
1: Yeah. So, so Some, some pick it up really easily and they retain it and others, you know, there's the gifted type and there's people, uh, you know, I would say I'm not, not saying what the end result of my music is, but just what's ingrained in me. I would say I am not musically gifted. Um, it doesn't come naturally to me. So whatever musical gifts I have to offer were, were hard earned. Mm-hmm. um where I, and and i think you know at a certain point everyone has to work hard to do it but i think yeah. some people things come more naturally um you know uh and so you know it's just a matter of of you know how how badly do you want it and you know f- um, you know and and i i work really hard at listening to stuff so i can figure parts out and Try to transpose. Uh, That's honestly one of the best ways to learn. Is not to, you know, sure, learning how to read music or read tablatures for guitar. Um, You know, those can be really insightful. But the the most powerful and insightful way of learning how music is written is just by hearing a note and being able to transcribe that onto the instrument that you're you're practicing on. It's it's you know unparalleled.
2: So you mentioned John Williams, Hans Zimmer, and uh, Danny Elfman earlier. Do you have any composers that, um, I mean, and maybe those are the composers, you know, that's kind of, you know, who you modeled, but that, (laughs) that are inspirations? Has that changed as you've gone throughout, as you've moved through your composing career?
1: Yeah, so yes and no. I would say at its core... You know, this is a very cliche answer, and I'm not ashamed um, to have this (laughs) answer. But um, you know, John Williams really was the catalyst. He was the one that made me say, "Hey, I want to tell a story." You know, he told a story through his music in in so many of my favorite films growing Mm -hmm. up, and I want to do that. But it's daunting to hear the the, the level of expertise and and um, you know what's so magical magical about what he does is can be overwhelming for someone who's just getting into this. That it was someone like both actually um, Hans Zimmer and Danny Elfman who had such different backgrounds, whereas um, John Williams being. Uh, a jazz pianist, a master jazz pianist, you know, who really understood, you know, uh, all aspects of, of you know, uh, orchestration and writing and composition. To to then look at someone like Hans Zimmer, who, you know, played in new wave bands um, and loved synthesizers and Diddy, loved. that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and 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 then you have you have <laughs> I Danny. Didn't know that. Dan, Danny Elfman, who, you know, being the leader of Oingo Boingo, um, <laughs> you know, and and neither of them knew how to read music or write music. Well, that was me. Or I shouldn't say write music, but they didn't know how to read music mm. um, or notate uh, music on onto, onto a page. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with me. That's mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. That gave me the permission to say I can do it, too. If they can do That's that, cool. I can do that. Um, you know, I'm going to have to work really hard to do what they do. That doesn't mean that they didn't work their butts off to (laughs) (laughs) learn their craft. I think they really did. And they had to push themselves incredibly hard. Um, and, and, and that was kind of the beacon for me was knowing that they, that it's possible. Like you didn't have to be, you didn't have to go, um, to USC, or um or the berkeley college of music to to get a degree in film scoring or film composition um it became attainable so those were always the ones that made me feel like i um i i could do it Mm -hmm. and um you know and and obviously there's been other composers that i've really loved uh, you know if i if i start looking in a different aspect um some other composers that have been really inspiring to me um tom Holkenberg, otherwise known as junkie xl oh yeah uh, <laughs> his his score his score to mad max fury road i absolutely adore uh, it's one of my f- top um film scores Ooh. of all time for me um it's a phenomenal it's- score it's a huge score he's a master of production um he's and and he's he's been a huge mentor of mine not personally but he's got a really wonderful youtube channel um Mm -hmm. that he really goes in depth to teach people who want to learn about a lot of the different aspects of how he he creates his sounds and his process and um and that was really inviting to me and and also i would say like uh Tret Reznor and Atticus Ross the uh, same thing where you, they broke all the rules to film scoring um, and not they're not the first to do it and they won't be the last but you know they'd never f- their first film that they scored they won an Oscar for for uh, the social network and I think use learning how to use different sounds um, that aren't traditional, Mm-hmm. to um, to a normal film score, or just music in general is a really uh, <laughs> it's kind of like going on a journey you don't know what to expect. And I think with an orchestra, you know the orchestra has its own journey and you have to understand how it works together and works against each other with the, all the different sections and instruments. Mm-hmm. But when you start creating sounds, out of random noises and, and, um, objects and, um, pedals and, and, um, synthesizers and things like that, you know, you don't know what to expect. And if you can, ca- you, you kind of can capture lightning in a bottle and then you can kind of nurture that and build it out. I think it's really special. One of my favorite things to do that I think, th- and a lot of composers do this. I'm not claiming, to be the first. Um, but the ones that have inspired me like, um, Tom Hulkenberg and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross is that, you know, they'll take, um, you know, the idea of taking random sounds, um, you know, it could be a drop of water hitting a bucket or it can be, you know, the sound of a, a, a rake hitting the ground and having all these overtones pulse through the, uh, through the handle and, and recording those sounds and then putting them into the computer and mangling them and stretching them and putting adding distortion or reverb or delays to it. and Then I can um, put it through my sequencer, I can put it through my keyboard and I can now play those sounds on my keyboard and I have full flexibility over these sounds. I've now made an instrument out of objects that are just day-to-day objects now you're you're really crafting a sound that no one else has ever made before and that is incredibly uh, powerful for a lot of um, content creators especially directors love that it's like you can take a sound from the set and, you know someone's dialogue or you know someone's keychain or their footsteps or just some random object in on set and then you know, morph it in a way that's like, hey, this is actually took a sound from the set and put it into the score, um, you know, that, that has value and um, it, I love it. And that's, that, that, that's kind of the genesis of what I love doing is merging those sounds with um, the sounds of, of the orchestra to, to give you something that maybe you haven't heard before.
2: So I know music has kind of gone through styles. That seems like what you're talking about right now. That seems like something that's kind of become more popular like recently, Um, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's so much content being created through (laughs) streaming services. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is a good time. This is a really great time for composers. And that's probably... One reason why there's so many composers out there is Mm. there's a lot of work to be had and there's still probably not enough work for all the composers that are out there, but, but, (laughs) you you know, a lot of it does stem from what the creatives want, you know, what the directors or the showrunners or the producers are aspiring you know to achieve and so you know they obviously a lot of people want contemporary stuff but then you have a lot of avant-garde filmmakers who's saying you know let's let's kind of flip the script on this and create something new and different and challenge you know it's got to lean into the story but it's we're it's not going to be the familiar story that you're used to and, and we're going to tell the story a slightly different way how can we do that and and I think that's where you can start having fun as a as a music creator just creating sounds that you just never you've never created before i mean pretty much every project i work on um let's say 90 percent of the project i work on i will have unless it's an all orchestral score um which i just last project I did it was all orchestral so this didn't t- this didn't count but almost every yeah. other score that i do will have at least one or two Newly created instruments out of out of whatever that that was not intended to be an instrument. Sometimes it'll be you know two percent of the score. Sometimes it'll be eighty percent of the score. Wow. Um, You know, I can I'll take my violin bow and bow my Gibson Les Paul, and that's going through a reverb pedal, a few distortion pedals, um, and then I'll also do additional processing on my computer, and then I'll sample that. And then i've basically created some really interesting synthesizer synthesized sounds on the keyboard that stem from me playing my guitar with the violin bow through guitar pedals um, and and the results are um, they can be you know um, unexpected and they can be <laughs> exciting and adventurous and. Thrilling and haunting and whatever adjectives you want to throw out there depending on what it is we're trying to achieve.
0: Cool. So okay. So we've been to nineteen ninety-five with the Costco Star Wars remastered VHSs. We've been <laughs> to high school with the with the bands. Um what's 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 coming up next for you, man? Are you working on are you working on anything right now or is there some is is there some uh dream project you'd like to tackle later
1: on? Like what's <laughs> uh so I am actually prepping right now. I'm getting everything um, set for a, a horror film. <gasps> <that> you-
2: <laughs> Adrian just died. Yeah, uh-
1: <laughs> I, 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 I I can't talk too much about it quite yet. the The film just uh, wrapped shooting this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a, a a short film um, that I've um, been a part of. Um, you know, got brought on a little bit ago. So while I've not officially started scoring it yet I've actually done a little bit of my own pre-production where you know talking about a lot of these sounds I've been collecting sounds over the mm. past uh, couple weeks that I'm starting to turn into instruments so <laughs> cool. um, because I have the time to do it when the when it's time to start scoring the film I will I'll already have my my instrument my my toolkit so to speak and I can just get going Sometimes I don't have that luxury, and so I don't get to write or create that many custom instruments. Um, But this is one of those cases where you know I had a little bit of time between projects where I can do that. So um, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to doing is creating this score that will um, certainly have orchestral elements with strings and and woodwinds and harp and stuff like that. But then there's going to be a lot of really eerie. Sounds that you would not know <laughs> that you know, I I had created using you know the sound of um, you know the shovel scraping the gravel. Um, or
0: <laughs> I love it, you
1: know, sound, <laughs> love it. The sound the the sound of a uh, of a um, you know of a uh, what what else did I do without giving too much away <laughs> um you know the, I, I think i did uh oh the sound of like wooden paddles uh that were like slapping together mm-hmm. um and you know turning it into like a percussive instrument or a percussive loop so um, you know it really tangible sounds that mm-hmm. you won't be able to put your finger on it when you hear it but It'll it'll hopefully be intriguing and in, in in a way that won't take you away, take you out of the the film either.
2: Um, how long far... does it? Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, how long does it typically take you to to score something like this?
1: Ooh. That's or how a much great... time
2: do you get? Maybe <laughs> and it may maybe it varies from <laughs> that... pr- from project to project. Oh, I assume. Yeah. That, <laughs> that
1: varies. That varies project to project. I can. <laughs> um. You know. I. I think every project's different. I think every composer's different. I like to make sure I give myself enough time to um, really synthesize what the film is about. Make sure we have a good sense of communication between me and the creative team. So that way I understand what it is that they're trying to say in their story, what the story is, what the motivations of these characters are, what the obstacles are and what their goal with the music is in relationship to those things. And so, um, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes there's a short turnaround. Sometimes I have a bit more time and, um, and I'll work accordingly. So if I have a short period of time, you know, there's going to be more of just trusting my gut. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably use instruments and, um, you know, synthesizers and, and things that I'm, I'm a little more familiar with. You know, play it a little bit. I wouldn't say I, I won't play the music safe, but I'll play my approach, might be a little bit safer mm-hmm. if I know I don't have time to explore. If I have more time to explore, I will try to deconstruct um, my process a little bit in an effort to um, just develop new processes. So the next time I have something where, oh, I only have this amount of time to do it and it's really short. I can take several, one of several approaches that I feel safe to do mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be the same approach as the time before so I'm not sounding the same not one score my goal is that you know from one score to the next um, I don't really want to have a sound you know I know some some composers you listen to them and like oh okay that's that's you know who um, <laughs> and I'm fine with that if if and I think that's also a product of they're getting hired by the same directors. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I know, think and, there and are it,
2: some composers that have been doing it for so long, not to name names, but you know, like you, they have a certain, yes, you're like a certain sound and you can yeah, kind of and be like, follow, okay, this has got to be this person. And sometimes you're okay. right and sometimes you're wrong, but yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. And so right now I, I would say I don't, my style stems more from my process and my communication I have a very specific way that I approach talking to my composer or my directors and, and um, my process of how we go about figuring out what we want the music to, to be for the story and, and those discussions. That's where my style comes into play. But the actual sonic component to that, I would say, you know, you can listen to the last five scores I've done. And you would probably think they were done by five different composers. Nice. <laughs> which is which is awesome because I'm just working on a lot of different, you know, I, I'm still, I feel like at the phase where I don't, I want to take on any project that I believe in. Um, but I, you know, it's, I, I don't run into too many situations where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting so many projects at the same time I have to turn them all down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, and that'd be a nice problem to have, but um, <laughs> I, I try, I tend to try to take on what comes my way. And, and you know, it's the fun thing is that I get to work with different directors and even the some of the ones that I, directors that I work on, um, you know, on kind of, you know, reoccurring, they're working on different projects, you know, and one is not like the other. I and mean, look at someone like Ron Howard, you know, and, and his score or his films have evolved so much steven spielberg you know um you know it's gonna be um you're not gonna get the same score that you do with schindler's list as you do with jurassic park both of which those two uh films were in production slash post-production at the same exact time and they're totally different scores by the same composer For two different, totally different types of films, and so that's really exciting, and I I welcome that, and I think that's really important for creatives to be able to thrive is to to branch out and tell a story in different in different ways that maybe they haven't done before.
0: So, just to kind of start wrapping up here, uh, I know we've kept you longer than what we promised. So, (laughs) hey I love chatting with you guys. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Yeah, (laughs) but uh, so. Do you have any advice or how how does one that ha- might have an interest in in starting down the composer road how how do they get started like like my my little brother is also into music he's studying it right now and I I'm, I'm noticing he has that same that same ear that you do or that my friend Flip does you know he can hear a theme and just play it right away on the piano without having to look it up it's kind of um, boggling so like, what kind of advice would you give to people like like that that might want to consider this
1: um, I'd say don't do it. The occupation's full. Um, there's enough competition <laughs> <nowadays>. <laughs> um, That's cold, Brooke. That's very cold. <laughs> yeah, it's super cold. Um, no, I think, I think fundamentally, you have to work really hard. I think that's that's kind of you know, in terms of advice, you know, it's it's not the most glamorous advice, but you have to be willing to to sacrifice a lot. Um, you know, while I still get to spend time with my, my, my family, um, and have a healthy work family life, I've, I've given up a lot of other things that maybe, um, you know, I used to take for granted that, you know, I don't get to see my friends as much as I used to. Um, I don't go out of town as much as I used to. Um, and this is even pre COVID, um, (laughs) you know, those things just, become um you know the when the priority is to get up the next film or to make the next connection you know you you have to prioritize that accordingly so you know you have to work hard and you have to be willing to sacrifice for those things i think you need to be a team player um you know i'm not going to give advice necessarily to say oh how how do you meet people because that's that's a whole conversation. <laughs> but i think there is something to be said about fostering relationships and and being genuine about your relationships with the people that you're you're meeting and getting a good understanding of who they are where they're coming from um even if they're people you know i think we have to stop trying to get something out of the other person all the time um we are of service to other people so we should be offering even if it's for free sometimes just saying you know hey what can i do for you um how can i help you i think a lot of times when we're starting out especially there's this inclination to say hey you know mr so-and-so i i'm a composer and i this and that and the other thing what projects can you give me or can i can i work on your thing um uh but it, it comes across as disingenuous because it is um, largely you you want to know that people care about you um, you know I I want to work with people that care about what I have to say and I want them to know that I, I care back <laughs> that I um, that I'm genuinely curious about how I can better their project and So you just have to get a a good understanding of what that means of how you conduct yourself in doing that and being of service to those people because I think having a good communication line with those people, you are going to foster really strong relationships. And if you deliver, if you're working hard, you're going to produce hopefully a result that they're going to be proud of, that you'll be proud of, that you can use to show other people that might wanna hire you. And most importantly, that the people that you just made the content for will hire you back. And Mm -hmm. that's huge right there, is just ensuring that you've developed a relationship that they're gonna keep coming back to you. Because if you're just starting bouncing around from new person to new person to new person, you're never going back to the people you've worked with before. Um, You're always gonna be starting from the bottom. Um, you know, we, we really want to take care of the people that, that, um, lift us up and we want to do the same and, and, and be kind of be the light for those people to be, get them excited to work with us again. Um, be an encourager, be someone who's optimistic because a lot of times filmmakers, just get beat left to right and front to back, and it is so exhausting for them. You don't want to push your problems on them. You know, don't turn in your music late, your cues late. Don't have excuses. Um, you know, unless someone's, your family's got hit by a car, you really shouldn't have. Oh well, I just, you know, I don't know. I my dog ate my homework. Um, type of excuse isn't <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's funny, but it's it's true that this is this is how you get fired from jobs, or at least how you don't get to work with those people in the future. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you can synthesize that a little bit. I think it's a worthwhile um, venture to do. And you have to, at the end of the day, you are a storyteller. You have to acknowledge that you want to tell a story in this front. If you don't care about that, but you want to write music, certainly there's avenues to write music. And put out your own solo albums or um, sell your music to libraries that can you know sync music to commercials um, or other projects but if you want to be a film composer you you have to understand what it means to tell a story and you have to want to tell that story and you have to be a part of the team who's making that story you are not the priority in that you are part you are you're one of many. Um, cogs in the machine. So I think I think I think that's enough advice for today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, uh, Brooke, as a nerd with uh, an iTunes that's l- about ninety percent uh, movie soundtracks and scores. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I got to tell you, this has been a fascinating episode, a great conversation. and Thank you so much for for uh, coming on, and forgive us yes, again for waiting you. so long. We are we are terrible people.
1: <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you this for having me. It's great chatting with you both, and uh, I'm excited to do it again. So you know, I'm um, congrats on on getting the show up and running, and uh, we're I think all excited to to hear a new sense of medium from from both of you. You guys have great banter with each other, and the fact that you're having Thank guests you. on your show um, makes it really dynamic, and we're looking forward to it.
2: So awesome. before we before we uh, wrap up, can you give us your top three favorite <laughs> movie scores? Could be Star- currently, all time. You you pick. Uh-
1: <laughs> so it'll be st- Star Wars. I won't specify on what because it's yeah. too hard. But Star Wars, <laughs> nice. um, Mad Max, Fury Road. Mm-hmm. And then it's a toss up between um, E.T., Batman by Danny Elfman, Ooh. The Dark Knight, um, Hans Zimmer, or um, Back to the Future by Alan Silvestri. Ooh, nice. So that's my top yeah. six. Oh. <laughs> All. We'll take well, it. Oh, <laughs> Star Wars. It's more like a top <laughs> 11 plus a top. Yeah, so my top, top five.
0: <laughs> awesome. All solid picks. Um, so where can people find you online? Uh, social medias are your website in case they want to just listen to your stuff or maybe want to collab with you at some Absolutely.
1: point. Absolutely. Um, best place to reach out to me, um, my website, brookmunroe.com, B-R-O-K-M-U-N-R-O.com. Um, otherwise, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, that's going to be at Monroe. Um And, you know, shoot me a message and happy to chat collaborate or just you know chat music whatever whatever you like i um i love when people connect and you know uh, i get to learn from them and and vice versa hopefully
0: and like i said before uh brooke has created some really really good uh content musical content uh before i've listened to it it's really great I highly recommend you visit the website and check it out uh, in the meantime, if you want to connect with us, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at BrainslugPod or our website, Brainsl- uh, not, our, not Brainslug, <laughs> bluelabpro.com slash Brainslug. There it is. I'm still used to the old uh, force fan yeah. thing. So. <laughs> um, I'll be sure to include the links to Brooke's uh, channels and his website on our on our episode blog there. So keep an eye out for that. If you want to connect with me directly, you can do so on Instagram at Blue Lab Pro.
2: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Catray. Ray.
0: And once again, Brooke, thank you so much. It yes, w- thank was you. Nice conversation. Loved it. So good.
1: Thank you, guys.
2: Appreciate it. Loved
0: having it. you. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Wear a mask. Just Please. Be nice to each to each other. It's getting scary out there. Scarier. <laughs> stay safe. And until next time. Talk to you later. From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. Edited and produced by Adrian Messa, with original music composed by Felipe Rosales and original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, or
3: wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved.